This is the Greg Bedard Patriots Podcast with Nick Cavins. Oh, yes. Tomorrow night is draft night, a night that we all wait for every single season. It's on the calendar. Can't wait to talk about it with Greg. Of course, this is the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Greg, let's jump right in. Any latest news on the draft that you're hearing? Uh, Not really, Nick. I think that... um... I think that the the name of the game, and I'm sure people have heard this with this draft, is unpredictable. Nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody know, nobody even knows really who's going to go at the top of the draft. I mean, I think, right? you know, you're looking at Aiden Hutchinson, Tavon Walker, probably the tackles in the mix. I think Tavon Walker sort of the betting favorite right now. That's, that's, a, that's a risky pick to me. I mean, look, I think the guy has elite traits. Um, and you could certainly look at his Georgia film and say – Look, they just didn't use him how he needs to be used. He just played in the system. It's very similar to Alabama, very similar to the Patriots. So you know, you know, edge rushers aren't going to pop off in that kind of system. Uh, But he certainly has elite traits. And you just imagine if I put him in my system, then he's going to do X, Y, and Z. That's great and all, but for the first overall pick, I mean, I think he's cleaner than Jadeveon Clowney was. Um as far as a prospect, but you saw, you know, you see the downside of taking the potential at number one overall me, if I'm the Jaguars, I'm, I'm going with Trevor Lawrence is our bread and butter. We're going to live and die with Trevor Lawrence. I am protecting him. I am getting a, yep. ta- I'm getting the best tackle. I, in my opinion, it's Evan Neal out of Alabama. I just think he's so elite at pass blocking at this point that he's the top guy. Hutchinson will be fine. I don't know how much upside he has. I don't know if he's going to be one of the Boses or not. Um, but I think that's that's sort of the the news is that there's no news because nobody knows what the hell is going to happen come Thursday night. Yeah, with Jacksonville, there's a split, right? There's the GM wanting one guy. There's the head coach wanting another guy. There's the owner wanting one guy, according to all the reports. So that'll be interesting to see who wins that power struggle if the owner walks in at the last second and says, no, I want Hutchinson, he's going to be the pick, and he ends up being the pick. I agree with you. It's very unpredictable. It's lacking some sexiness because there's not that elite you know, quarterback in this class, and it's lacking a little bit of buzz. But I find it to be fun as a hardcore NFL guy and a guy who loves the draft. I find this to be fun, the unpredictability of it all. And really, anything can happen tomorrow night. Of course, everybody's going to keep an eye on the Debo Samuel stuff. Do the Jets make that deal with the 10th pick? Seems like the rumblings are starting to really pick up with the Jets. We'll see if it happens. Let's talk about the Patriots. What do you think they do at 21 if they stick and pick? Well, if they stick and pick, um, I went through my mock draft this past weekend uh, with all the Patriots picks before they swapped um, with the Texans and a total typical trade uh, trade where the Patriots <laughs> traded a fifth for a sixth and a seventh or something like they that. They hate Whatever. fifth round picks. They hate. Uh, I mean, how are they going to take the punter this year, though? You know, in the without the fifth round pick, I don't know. You, you're you're blowing me one. up. They, they do have, have one. Left. All right, thank yes. God. Because I mean, how else are they going to take a punter? <laughs> because that's the whole key to the team this year. Um, I think. Look, Nick, I, and I don't know how you feel about it. I, I, I now have a little bit better handle. I still have a little bit more work to do on all the offensive prospects, but I, I've certainly looked at the defensive side of the ball. 
uh, over the past week. And um, I got to say, I'm, I'm, I'm somewhat underwhelmed by, you know, all the prospects overall. I mean, I, I think there's really good depth to this class. Yes. I think, I think cornerback and linebacker have a lot of depth. I think there, there are a few special players that if they fall in range to the Patriots, then I, then I'm thinking, all right, maybe they need to trade up and we'll talk about that in a second. But if the Patriots stay at 21, and of course this is depending on how the board falls, I think in terms of value of what they'll get there at 21, I think that Trevor Penning, the offensive tackle from Northern Iowa, has to be on their list. He was my pick in my Patriots mock. I don't think he's perfect. I don't know if he's a left tackle for sure. I think he's, without question, he'll be sort of a Pro Bowl, All-Pro right tackle, sort of like you know, a Vollmer. I mean, I do see, when you watch him, I do see like a mix between Matt Light and Nate Solder on the left side, but he needs development. He's very aggressive. He's kind of an a-hole, which I like uh, in my <laughs> yeah. linemen. But, you know, he, a lot of his mistakes he makes just being stupid and over-aggressive as far as trying to, like, you know, kill a guy on a block where if he just if he just settled down and just played his technique, if he gets a good coach, I think he can be an excellent left tackle. So Penning is a guy that I would look at. Cornerback, this is probably going to be a sweet spot for them with with cornerback. Uh, they should have options here. Um, I think that uh, as far as guys, guys that I like for them, and I'm not conning, you know, Sauce Gardner. He's going to be going. I did include Derek Sting, Stingley Jr. on my list from LSU because I think there's a lot of questions about his his medical. He might get in a range where the Patriots could trade up for him. If he's available and he checks out for the Patriots, Stingley, I'm definitely going for him. I think he's uber talented. Yes, his, his freshman year film was out of the charts. Wasn't so good the past couple of years. 21 pass breakups as a freshman. Five the next two years and 10 games combined in two years. A lot of concerns there. But holy mackerel, if they get the player from the freshman year, dynamite, no doubt, number one cornerback. I don't know how you can't take a serious look at that. I really like Andrew Booth from Clemson. Uh, good physical guy, long-limbered, will tackle. Uh, I think he can definitely play man coverage. I know there's some questions on it. Trent McDuffie's been a hot guy that people have talked about with the Patriots. You know, I, I, I like him. I, I, would put, I would put Trent McDuffie, Daxton Hill from Michigan. They're sort of in the Devin McCourty, smart, tough, leader I know he has the intangibles but I, where exactly does he play like is he going to play cornerback for us is he going to go back to safety like Devin McCourty did if he's going to go back to safety I don't want him I have enough safeties so McDuffie and Daxon Hill I'm not sold on I think Kair Elam from Florida a lot of stuff you have to sort out why he underachieved there Jalen Armour Davis who hopefully he lasts until the second round for the Patriots, Alabama corner. Um, they might think enough of him to uh, to take him in the first. I don't know. But those are the type of guys that I think at 21 that are going to be available to the Patriots. Um, I do think that uh, – I was just looking for my mock draft. I think uh, Tyler Smith, Zion Johnson. Tyler Smith is an offensive tackle from Tulsa. Good player, Zion Johnson from B.C. Guard. Yeah, I don't know. I 
I'm not crazy about taking a guard or I don't know a right tackle at 21. Like I, if the the best case scenario, I think Nick and I think you're in the same boat. Somebody tries to come up for somebody at that point, and the Patriots can trade down a little bit in the first round, pick up an extra, you know, second top of the third pick, and and then you can start taking some of these. Yeah, I'm not sure where they fit, but they're good football player type of guys because I I just don't know how many no doubt really good, really talented difference makers there are going to be at 21. Yeah, the stick and pick list for me, as you mentioned, a couple of them. Penning is one of them on my list. Uh, McDuffie, look, if you're going positionless football, which was the John Jones tweet, and when you look at you know some of the other names that they've brought in with, with Peppers and, and, and the like, if you're going positionless, I think McDuffie is an option for them at 21. Again, if they have to stay. Uh, I would also throw Devin Lloyd in there. I don't know if he's going to last until 21, but if Lloyd lasts until 21, I'm interested. 100% agree on Devin Lloyd, 100%. uh, And N'Kobe Dean's another guy. Look, I I know he's small. He's like 5'11", 230. But again, if if there is, the premise is, if there's going to be this shift, if there's going to be this shift with positionless football, not really too focused or – just infatuated with size in the second level. Nicobe Dean's a guy who can go sideline to sideline. He's a very good athlete. He's incredibly smart. He picked up the Georgia system very quickly. He's a guy that is clean. If you look at his background on the field, off the field, clean sheet. Um, I, I just think he's a guy that you could see, you know, be a Patriot. Uh, and Nick, as far can, as Andrew can we, Booth, can, now that you just mentioned it, can we talk about the positionless thing a little bit? Cause um, you know, I know you brought it up a couple times. I'm not as, let me just mention. Let me just mention two more guys. The Andrew Booth okay. thing. Yep. Um, you, you wonder if Belichick is going to draft a guy out of Clemson. That's been a lot of talk lately. He just usually doesn't draft guys out of that program. And yep. I'm with you on Dax Hill. I think I think Dax Hill is another guy that a lot of people mentioning Devin McCourty. I think he can play a couple of positions, which brings us to what you just wanted to talk about: positionless football. Are people thinking too hard and, and too much about this? Yeah, and by the way, um, you know first of all, you know, other guys that we might want to mention, I mean, I hope that Jordan Davis falls. I doubt that he does. I think he's, you know, people are like, well, I don't know how much, how many downs he's going to play in this and that, but like the space that that guy would clog up makes your linebackers immediately better. I mean, it made, it made N'Kobe Dean and like eight linebackers at Georgia, like all Americans. I mean, you know, and and you also have the other defensive linemen out there at Georgia too, but yeah. Um, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, I think he's one of my move up guys. Like if yep. you look at, yeah. you brought up Stingley. You, I say Dave, my, like my dream scenario is that somehow some crazy way Davis falls to 21, which is not going to happen. But the two guys that I think defensively that if they fall to 16, 17, 18, you're looking at Davis and you're looking at Stingley jr. Those are the two guys that I think you move up and you pick and you, you do cartwheels if they fall a little bit. Yeah, and I it, on Devin Lloyd, I completely agree with you. I think he's, you know, when I took a closer look at him, to me, he's basically Jamie Collins, but better. I mean, yep. Jamie Collins might be a better athlete, might be able to, you know, do flips and stuff like that. But Jamie Collins, even to this day, doesn't really have great football instincts. Devin Lloyd has the instincts. He's he's Jamie Collins, but better, in my opinion. So, yeah, I would be thrilled. Um, with Devin Lloyd, I just, I have a hard time seeing him fall that long. If he does, there's a problem in this league. Um, and these guys don't know. So the position in this football thing, cause I've heard you mention it. 
I'm not that active on Twitter, so I don't see some of this stuff. So a lot of the stuff I pick up from you when you mention it. But here's my thing about the positionless football. And they, they might indeed be going to this. But do you know what positionless football says to me if they're going to there? It means that they don't have enough good players. Like, yeah, okay, well, you know, we're going to go positionless because – we don't have anybody to really be another number one cornerback. We don't really have anybody to play a really good linebacker. We don't have a guy who's really going to, you know, uh, what have you. You know, we don't have a really good sub pass rusher. We don't really have a nose tackle. So guess what? We're just going to play positionless football and hope that works for us. I mean, I think it's a bunch of bull crap. And I think this, is, this has been part of the problem with the Patriots. Now, I do think the Patriots are coming out of this. I do think... You know, we've seen them in recent drafts, you know, get some players. And I still have hope that Cam McGrone at middle linebacker is going to be a player this year. I still have hope that Josh Uche is going to get on the field. I still have hope that Ronnie Perkins can be as good as some of these or better than some of these edge guys in this draft. I have hope for that. I've seen it on film. It's up for the Patriots to develop them. But, you know, when I hear positionless, I hear we're not talented enough and we're not we're not developing our guys enough. And I think those are two legitimate issues with this team. And, you know, the bottom line is I want the Patriots to start getting dudes who can play. Just go get dudes, you know, and and, and there's a guy that I'm going to bring up later. And, and it all depends on their evaluation. I'm looking at film for a half an hour on these guys. I don't have much research. I'm not going to campus. I don't know, you know, my ass for my elbow on a lot of these guys. You know, right. but, you know, for example, uh, there's a guy that I wanted to bring up, now, a guy named Tariq. Yeah, Tariq Woolen from Texas, San Antonio. Okay. This guy, he's six foot, is a cornerback, six foot four, 205 pounds, 4.26 in the 40. Woo. He's physical. He's he he'll he'll run 20 yards and knock somebody's block off. You, you know how Bill Belichick has like, you know, basically like pleasured himself over like long <laughs> cornerbacks like that. He can get bottom of the first round, top of the second round. Ross I Dowling, Juwan Williams is like, yeah, we're going to get this guy. And he's going to be able to match up against this guy. And then we're going to do that. And they you know what? They don't work out. Guess why? Because they're not dudes. They don't know how to play like. Find out if the guy can play like this Tariq Woolen. I don't know. I watched film on him, but it took about two seconds for me to be, be like, Nick, seriously, I'm watching film and go. If you haven't seen him yet, go call up any YouTube clips out there. I started watching them and I was seriously like I was sitting back. It's dark at night. I'm watching and I was like, I sat up and I was like, holy shit. Look at this guy. Like, I mean, seriously, he's that ridiculous. Now, I don't know about playing level, things like that. But, you know, and I hope that I hope that that grows influence. I think it started with uh, Ziegler. I hope and we've talked about macro enough. I hope that his influence, because I do think he has good ideas and we've heard it about you got to be aggressive to get these guys. You got to get difference and whatever. Yes. But Bill's got to get out of his freaking box where it's just like, oh, well, I want versatility and I want this guy. I want to be able to do this. I want to play positionless. No. Get freaking football players who kick the ass of the guy in front of you. That's what you need to win in this league. And the Patriots have steadily declined on guys who can do that. All right. Off my soapbox. All right. That, I, I enjoyed that. I think you could. 
can draft guys. You can bring guys in who are positionless, who are good football players. I, I think there are certain guys who can actually fit both categories are dudes, as you say, and positionless. I, I think you could find that. Um, but I get your overall point. If you have a bunch of just positionless guys, then, you, you know, you have a lot of jack of all trades, master of none possibilities. And, yep. and that's not really what you want across your defense when you try to set things up. But, you know, some other names I just want to bring up quickly. You brought up Woolen. We brought up a lot of names so far. We brought up Dax Hill. Uh, Quay Walker is a guy who's been brought up recently. I know Phil Perry tweeted about him uh, yesterday or the day before. Uh, he's somebody who's starting to climb up boards. He's another Georgia guy. Yes, it's a trend. Kirby Smart has like 40 dudes, it feels like, getting drafted. Yeah, in, yeah, I, yeah I agree. I mean, I, I agree on this. Um, physically, looks the part, probably can develop. You see the upside? Man, instincts are really lacking. He's a he's he's more of a project than I thought when I heard the name when I watched the film. He's he's a project. Another guy, Travis Jones. If you don't get your Jordan Davis, and listen, yep, Jones is not Davis. But if you're looking for kind of a space eater, it, Jones is likely a two down guy. But if you're looking for somebody to be next to Christian Barmore for the next five, six, seven, eight years. Uh, Jones in the second round might be a pretty good pick for them. So, but it, it'll be interesting. You know, Tariq Wollin's a guy, as you mentioned, super athlete. He's just a gigantic human for his position. He's really, really raw. Um, but is, is that a guy that Belichick and Matt grow look at and say, no, if we, if we draft him, we don't ask much of him early on and we develop him. Listen, Belichick's willing to take swings. We know that sometimes he's taken too many crazy swings and drafted guys early. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't think Belichick is scared to take somebody, you know, a little too early. He's proven that it's just whether or not he feels like he can turn this guy into a, a formidable football player instead of just a crazy athlete who can do some spectacular things. And it it would be an exciting pick because of everything you mentioned. There's no doubt about that. Uh, We're going to look at the rest of this draft here coming up where the Patriots might, uh, Utilize these picks, positions that make sense at each pick. But first, Greg, tell everybody about betonline.ag. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget that baseball is back, and the start of the Major League Baseball season is finally here. Also, don't forget about NFL draft props. I saw a bunch of those over there. You can go over there. If you're a draft Nick, like draft nerd, like cattles over here, you can you know <laughs> sit there and be like, yeah, what's the over under on tackles in the first round and bet that <laughs> if you want Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today and use your, or mo- use your mobile device to join, use our promo code CLNS 50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. CLNS 50. And, of course, you can also check out the Celtics. Nice little app. It looks like they're going to play the Bucs most likely. Game one sounds like it's going to be Sunday. Uh, The Bruins need to figure out their power play, for the love of God. And we're not even going to talk about the Red Sox. But let's let's get to the Patriots. Back to them, of course, because that's what we talk about here. Um, I think you and I agree on, on the overall kind of approach here for the Pats with this draft. You and I agree that trading down is the most realistic scenario and probably given the talent where it's going to fall and look, the unpredictable can happen, but what we expect to kind of develop tomorrow night, moving down makes the most sense to me. It makes the most sense to you. I I also think that, you know, when, when you look at this, when you look at this draft, it's obviously 
uh, deeper than, than some other drafts. So guys that you can get in the second round, really not much difference once you hit around pick 20 or so. Uh, I would not want, and you said this earlier, I agree with you. I want nothing to do with a guard in the first round. I think they can get an interior offensive lineman Seriously. much later. Yep. So, mm-hmm. you know, with that said, let's start with uh, round one pick. Let's say they do against stick and pick because we, we agree on them likely moving down and as the best move. My dream scenario is Davis. My, yep. you know, my stay away from scenario is the interior offensive lineman at 21. Yep. And my realistic mm-hmm. scenario is trading down. That's kind of how I see it. Um, yeah, I could, I'm, we're in complete unison on that. I mean, I think if they stick and pick, I, you know, in my mock draft, Trevor Penning was available. I just couldn't pass him up, um, you know, with the unknown really at both tackle spots. I think that, right. you know, to me, when I look at this team, offensive tackle, cornerback, and nose guard to me are the, the three like immediate needs that we need to address at certain. Oh uh, yes. You know, cause cornerback receiver would be nice, you know, but I think there's depth there that you can get somebody, uh, you know, maybe in the second round, but you know, they don't have a receiver signed through 2023. And I think that even includes Devonte Parker. So, you know, that would be fourth for me, but so in the first round, if I'm sticking at 21, it's either tackle cornerback or nose guard, or nose tackle. Uh, like your guy, Travis Jones, he would be a guy in a trade-down scenario that maybe I take at the bottom of the first round or, you know, maybe try to pick up a top of the second. Um, you know, that type of thing. So that's what I'm doing at 21. 21, uh, edge if one guy falls. And I don't think it's going to happen because I look at more mock drafts um, every day. It, it sounds like he's probably going to go top 10 to 15. But another dream scenario, if this guy fell, Jermaine Johnson from Florida State, because yes. he he, got, he fits the mold of the Patriots. He can defend the run really well on the edge. And I think you can plop him opposite of Judon, and you've got your edge settled for the next several years. Um, cornerback, I think, is something they will absolutely look at and should look at. And, and I think I, I would look at cornerback there. Defensive tackle, again, Jordan Davis is really the only guy. Devontae Wyatt, there's a lot of questions about him. Uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if they would go after him or not. So, you know, when I, when I look at it, I, I agree with you with wide receiver and, and let's jump down. Cause I, I would go cornerback edge. If Jermaine Johnson is there, the issue with tackle is the saints want a tackle because Armstead went to Miami. So they're kind yep. of targeting tackle and the chargers are targeting tackle. So now you get to the point where cross is gone. A Conwell is gone. Neil is gone. Um, so now you're kind of left with Penning being there and, and who's going to position themselves. I think the Saints and the There's not much after Penning as far uh, as guys that you're like, all right, they have a definite chance to start at left tackle in this league. After Penning, yeah. I don't like the Raymond guy. I'm probably wrong. I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I don't see it on left tackle. And I think it's iffy if he's a right tackle. Yeah, Raymond's the next guy I was going to mention. So I think the Chargers or the Saints will end up with Penning. I think he'll end up being drafted before 21. So I would kind of focus on cornerback, linebacker. And if, again, Jermaine Johnson falls by the grace of, of the football gods, the edge. The second round pick, I'm with you. I'm looking at, I, I think wide receiver makes sense. And if you don't pick a mm-hmm. cornerback in round one, a cornerback in round two probably makes sense too with that depth. Yeah, now I went with John Mechie from Alabama in my mock yeah. draft. Um, you know, you know, get, like we just talked about, 
get a guy that you could pair with Mac Jones for the next five, 10 years. They were teammates at Alabama. Mechie's coming back. Who knows? Uh, you know, he's supposed to be cleared, whatever. I don't, I don't really care. He's a good football player. I, don't, I think he's a number two. He's not going to be dominating. You know, by the way, if Jamison Williams falls around the Patriots, he would be a guy I would be willing to go after. I don't care if he has to sit his whole rookie year. He's yep. that good. You get the fifth year on him. I'm not really worried about it. You're getting a special guy. Um, you know, one guy who's really interesting that I hadn't really considered until I was watching film this week was um, David Jabo from Michigan, yes. the edge yep. guy. Now, he tore his Achilles on his pro day. You know, there's a whole Chase Winovich thing, and didn't they all, didn't the Patriots get another Michigan edge guy? I don't know. But anyways, they, they've been going after a lot of Michigan guys, and I don't know if they've been huge differences. But, man, David Jabo. If he falls in the second round or whatever, this dude, when he's healthy, he is a difference maker on the edge. Like, he's almost too good to pass up. If you get a shot at him, I would even think about him in the first round for the, you know, if you trade down, he would be a guy that you pick up towards the end of the first. You get the fifth-year option on him. You don't worry about the rookie year, what have you. You still have him for another four years on the rookie deal. Again, another guy that good like Jamison Williams that – you know, it could pay off. Of course, it comes in a medical. But um, Mechie is my guy there. Other guys that I sort of like, uh, Josh Pascal from from Kentucky, uh, a big edge guy. Um, and there's one guy, I have a binky at linebacker. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Cattles, I have a binky. This have you heard about? I'm sure you have because you're and and we'll wait for the third round. It'll be a third round pick. But this guy Troy Anderson from Montana State, have you heard about him? He started games at quarterback, running back, linebacker. I mean, I think Belichick just passed out listening to this podcast (laughs) in his car. Like, I mean, and he's good. He's good at like all of them, you know. But and anyways, so uh, yeah, I got excited about that guy. Ajabo is fascinating. And, uh, yeah. you know, he, he could be like a Christian Barmore for totally different reasons. Barmore was seen as a guy. And listen, Barmore yep. was never seen as like a top 10 pick. Ajabo was seen as somebody who could go top 10 if he didn't mm-hmm. tear his Achilles at a pro day. Uh, you know, similar kind of feel like Belichick and Grow are sitting there going, wait a minute, this guy's a first round talent. He's easily the best guy left on our board. If we can sneak up some picks and draft this cat, and, and if he's got to sit a year, he sits a year. But yeah, Ajabo, it's going to be very interesting to see who pulls the trigger. Third round, look, I'm just going position. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, pull out top 150 names. Um, I, I do know a lot of the players, but uh, for time purposes, this is where I start to look at the guard interior offensive line as an option, unless somebody there, like you said, like an Anderson uh, drops a little because he might go mid to late second round. If he's there in the third round, then that's somebody I entertain. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, uh, are fourth, we on the third round pick or uh, yeah, third, third round pick. I, I would go. Okay, so, yep. Okay. Yeah. You know, and that's a good pick. You know, I, I picked Jalen armor Davis from Alabama. I did not get a corner in the first round. I got my tackle. Um, I got my wide receiver in the second round, third round. If this guy is still on the board and there's been a lot of talk about him, so I don't know if he is, and maybe he's more of a second round pick for the Patriots, but he's sort of the forgotten guy. And because, you know, he only has one year starting, there's some injury issues um, that certainly have to be looked at. But, you know, a lot of it, I don't know how people hold, you know, the non starting thing or why didn't they start till, you know, such and such time against some of these guys at factories like Alabama or Georgia. I mean, 
Armour Davis was behind Patrick Sertan, who's came out and he was a, like a Pro Bowl rookie. Um, but I just think I think he's I think he's great. I think he's safe. I think he's got upside. He knows the scheme. If he's right with all the intangibles, injuries, stuff like that, uh, to me, he's a starter. He ran four point three nine two. I I think he's immediate starter. If the Patriots can grab him in the second or third round, I'd be thrilled. All right, we got about five minutes left, so I'm going to run through yep. these as fast as I can and get your mock draft picks here. Round four, pick 127. I'm looking cornerback, defensive lineman, of course, depending on what you did earlier in the draft. But who's your pick in round four? Yeah, I went. I grabbed my nose tackle. This was sort of one of the last guys. Uh, Neil, Neil Farrell Jr. from LSU. This is sort of one of the guys that you can say, all right, he has a chance to start this year or at least contribute a lot. Um you know, I also think that uh, a guy, other nose tackles for people to keep in mind, uh, Otito Ogbayana from UCLA, really like him, more fourth, fifth round. And there's this guy, Noah Ellis from Idaho, 6'4", 350. Uh, you could sit him on the nose, he ain't moving. So he would be sort of a late round priority free agent uh, for me. Uh, round five, pick 158. This is the, the the fifth round pick they have left after after dealing one of them uh, to Houston. Uh, this is where I start looking running back, and I start to think about Damian Harris's future. I start to think about finding a pass-catching, kind of receiving slick running back. Round five is when I start to look at backfield. Yeah, I, I you know that's that's totally viable. I'm you know I'm looking at my pick from the from the draft, uh, Kieran Johnson. I'm not thrilled with that. Um, I I think that you know he's an undersized guy. He's fast, but I didn't I didn't like him when I when I watched more of him on film. Um, I think that this is where you yeah you get an interior. To me, this is where you get maybe an interior offensive lineman uh, that can pop. I think that um, you know the Patriots will have sort of their 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 picks of guys like that, and I was just looking for my list of guards. Um, so I would put uh, Marquise Hayes from Oklahoma is sort of in this realm. He's a guy that you know I think has a chance. Nick Ford from Utah, I really liked. Um, they those guys have chances to contribute right away. And, of course, you've got three sixth-round picks and one seventh-round pick. Listen, just give me BPA on these picks, guys, that you think can actually make the team. Maybe a punter. Um, and, and, of course, you know, you pick up that extra sixth-round pick. It's a round pick. People might wonder why you do that. It, it's in case you have somebody who, who you would be eyeing as a UDFA, but you don't want to battle another team to sign. So you have that kind of lotto ticket to draft those guys that, in other situations, if you didn't have those picks, you would go into the UDFA market. I think that's why Belichick picks up those, you know, extra sixths and sevenths to take flyers on cats. He's also hoping that a punter is there. Matt Arazia yeah. from San Diego State. He's known as the the punt god. He would replace Jake Bailey. <laughs> but I think that, you know, him forward, there's an offensive lineman named Zach Thomas that gives you some options. I think that uh, Dontario Drummond, from Old Miss is a bit of a Debo Samuel, Corderell Patterson type of guy that you could get in this realm. A, a pass catching back would be that type of guy also. So, yeah, you're on the right track there, Nick. 
All right, let's jump to the uh, bostonsportsjournal.com member question of the day. Check them out at BSJ. Uh, $39.99 on the annual plan. All your Celtics, all your Bruins, all your Red Sox, all your Patriot stuff, especially you Patriot junkies like all of you are listening to this right now. Membership at BSJ gives you access to a ton of video analysis Bedard does on the coaches' film, direct access to him in weekly chats. Greg, what question do we have this week? Uh, let's see. Uh, you know, Pat's fan 1959 asks, is too much being made of what Penning does between the whistles? His footwork, his footwork is suspect, but he sounds like he'd be a great guard, but taking a guy with no guard experience at 21, give me a break. He obviously did not like my Trevor Penning. Look, <laughs> uh, I think I'm just telling you, I think he can be sorry. Pat's fan 1959. Like, yes, he needs some development to be – he's not a day one starter at 21 at left tackle. He needs footwork development. I do think he's pretty close to being a right tackle starter. And maybe you kick him inside at guard for a year, and at guard you have to you have to work on your footwork. And then all of a sudden the next year, bye-bye Isaiah Wynn. Now we're going with Penning, or maybe we draft again. But at least he's a good guy. He's, he's smart. He's got a good attitude. He's got a nasty demeanor. They need to beef up the offensive line. They need some more – you know, toughness on the offensive line. And, you know, to me, if they stay there, there aren't many more tackle options that have the ability to start at, at tackle as a rookie. So that's why I took Penning. I agree with you on him. Uh, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast, tons, tons of info, draft info for you quickly here. Uh, the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles. Of course, we'll watch the draft tomorrow night. As always, we're brought to you by betonline.ag, the fastest, easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Let's see what the Patriots do. I'm guessing move down. Greg probably guesses move down as well. Everybody enjoy the draft. Uh, we'll talk soon.